0: Hey, welcome to the Influency Podcast. I'm Hadar, and this is episode number 115. And today we are going to talk about how the universal laws work with fluency. Stay tuned. Hey, hey, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so happy to have you here. What we have today is an interview with Kizma. Kizma is a Prosperity Code mentor and a friend. And a few weeks ago, I had a beautiful conversation with her on my YouTube channel, on the Live English Show, and we talked about the universal laws. So you might be familiar with the law of attraction, but apparently, and this is something that I've learned as well, there are many different universal laws. For example, the law of praise or the law of polarity and the law of forgiveness. And the conversation around these laws really resonated with so many things that I constantly talk about when working towards your fluency or when trying to step into your power when communicating in a second language. We talked about the fear of making mistakes and why that happens. And we talked about judgment. We talked about forgiveness, like how you need to forgive yourself when things are not going the way you expected them to. Go. She also shared her experience living in Hong Kong for 12 years, not speaking the language and, you know, how that affected her. So I think that you are going to love this conversation as much as I did. Uh, So let's just play it. And once you're done listening, I'm going to link to Kizma's Instagram account and YouTube channel if you want to find out more in the show notes. And if you have any questions or if you want to let me know what you think, then you can find me on Instagram at hadar.accentsway and you can send me a DM. I would love to continue this conversation with you over there. Okay, so I hope you enjoy it. Let's listen.
1: Kisma. Hello. It's so great to be here. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited.
0: Kisma, how are you doing today? I'm
1: doing great. You know, I'm here in California, Carlsbad, California, which is near San Diego. And it's just a little bit after 9am, which is actually late for me. I'm up super early every morning, but it's it's just so cool to be here and connecting with people globally. Really? I mean, it's, I love that. I love that about Technology and what it's done for us. So yeah, excited to be here and really um, looking forward to see how I can support the most. And um, you know, as you mentioned, I'm uh, CEO of Illumination Academy. We we really approach things from a grounded perspective, but also a very spiritual perspective. And I think that is a bit of what's unique about how I approach things. Is I'm always looking for these spiritual answers, the universal laws but bringing them into a very practical modern day result.
0: You know, I've been wanting for a while to introduce more spirituality into mm-hmm. the work of language learning because you know, when you learn a language it's not just about the language it's really like about personal development and right. you know being a better version of yourself because you're able mm-hmm. to communicate and 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 overcome barriers like language barriers. So, Kisna, would you like to tell us a little bit more about yourself, what you do? What is a prosperity code mentor? And-
1: yeah, you know, I help entrepreneurs and career professionals really create prosperity in all ways. So that's wealth, health, love, and spirituality. It's not just money, but money is a big piece of it because money is an energy like everything else. And I do this by helping them to understand who they really are. So we're not limited by our language, by our looks, by our pocketbook, none of that. It, it's it's really understanding there's a true self, true essence within. And when we identify with that more, things really become miraculous. And it's interesting, as I'm listening to you talk, I'm having flashbacks, like I'm not sure if your audience probably doesn't know this, but I lived in Hong Kong for nine years. So, and I did not speak Cantonese hardly at all. I knew some Mandarin, um, which was basically useless in Hong Kong, but my daughter, I moved there when she was four and she's half Shanghainese. So even Cantonese was not her native language, but she she learned it on the playground. She really did. And so there would be times where, you know, we'd get in a taxi and we'd be going somewhere. And I would say to her, can you tell the driver where we're going? And she would just like, and they would be having this conversation. And I'd say, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, he wants to know why my Cantonese is so good. And if you're really my mother, because she is half Chinese, right? And she looked very, and it was really funny. It's bringing back so many memories of being in that culture. And I so appreciate trying to find, like, I was really trying to find my way and identify with myself in, in a community where I, I'd walked down the street and I didn't know what anybody was talking about.
0: What was, it's so, I'm I'm so glad that you're bringing this up. This is definitely something that Mm -hmm. a lot of, of my audience struggle with, especially, you know, people who immigrated to the U.S. or Australia Mm -hmm. or U.K., where they raise their kids and their kids are more fluent than them um, and speak the language. And sometimes they're dependent on them or even, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes the kids even make fun of their English because the kids are so fluent and Mm -hmm. then feel like they're not enough. And how was that experience? How did you manage to still feel, you know, worthy even though you couldn't express yourself fully?
1: Well, luckily in Hong Kong for me, many people spoke English. And I worked in the Hong Kong Philharmonic. That was back in the days when I was a professional flutist. So rehearsals were in English and et cetera. But you know what was interesting? It was when I came back to the States, the repatriation was difficult because all of a sudden I would be in the grocery store, I'd be on the street and I understood all the conversations. People would be on their cell phones talking And I think, why, why are you talking so loud? Like, why are you sharing that in public? And then I realized for nine years I was walking around the streets not knowing what anyone was talking about on their cell phone. So it really is like this, you know, one of the universal laws I teach is like the law of polarity. And there's both aspects to it. As well, having grown up, my entire family is Serbian. My grandparents came over from Yugoslavia and I do, one of the things my parents did is they wanted us, well, my grandparents wanted my parents to speak English because of that whole thing. Like they, you're in the States, you need to know English. I'm sad that I didn't learn Serbian. I, I really am. And so I share that because I think, you know, we'll think things and maybe the kids are like not feeling really confident if their parents aren't fluent. But you have to understand language is a gift, whatever language it is. And, you know, I look at my daughter now, she speaks like five languages because she learned Cantonese when she was four years old. Yeah. And it opened up, you know, the brain to be able to learn languages really fast.
0: And there's also research that shows that mm-hmm. people who speak several languages, they also have like different personalities in a good way, not yes. in a schizophrenic way, right? Like, but it's, it's just a
1: connection. Like, yeah. It, it really it's is. Like a different
0: part of your soul connects mm-hmm. to different languages. Because mm-hmm. also, you know, the way we think is we think in words. And right. certain languages have, you know, certain set of words that express things in a deeper or more shallow way. Yeah. So I think that definitely affects how you feel or th- or perceive yourself in a certain
1: language. Absolutely. I think any time that we grow our boundaries outside of it's just me, and into this, you know, if we do get a like a little bit woo, it's really about the collective consciousness. There is a collective consciousness, we're all interconnected in some way. Yeah. And so whether we connect through a particular language or whether we connect through a smile, you know, living in Hong Kong, I I knew so many people from Nepal. And It was incredible there's something about the energy from nepal where i just knew right away that person is from there the smile the Mm -hmm. open heart you know when you talk about chakras it's like their heart chakra and it was always this you know it was always like a namaste and that in and of itself can connect beyond words and when we feel that from someone else and also when we give it right it's this thing we call the law of reciprocity when we give that it's going to come back and and it might not come back from the person that we're smiling at. You know, I think we've all been there where we're at the grocery store and we're like smiling and the cashier is not having it or they're just having a rough day or we think we're being kind to someone and they're being mean. But through these universal laws that I teach and talk about what we give does come back. It's just not always like we think it. And so whether, You know, you're in a country where you are speaking the main language or not, your presence in your body, your understanding who you are and this divine nature exudes a magnetism. And we see it. You know, I think we've all been at a place, maybe a party, maybe an art gallery. I mean, it's been a year, but hopefully we're getting back there (laughs) where someone's walked in the room and it's like, who's that person? There's just this essence. They radiate. I use this word radiate a lot. And they don't have to say a word. It's really coming, I call it syncing up the heart and the mind. And when the mind and heart are synced up and when they're dropped into their power center, it's a presence and there's no words that actually need to be said.
0: Yeah. This is really it's so important to remember because a lot of people, you know, they define themselves based on so many different Mm -hmm. aspects. And if we were talking about languages, about the level of their vocabulary or grammar or how many times they get stuck or their pronunciation. And I I assign it to, you know, confidence, but Mm -hmm. what you're telling me here, it's like, it's magnetism. It's more than that because it's, you can look at two different people who have I don't believe in levels of English, right? But like, Mm -hmm. let's say the same English background or capabilities. Mm -hmm. And one would be like speaking confidently and and people would listen and and laugh and all of that. And the other person might not open their mouth or, you know, constantly feel frustrated or Mm -hmm. stuck. And they both can potentially get stuck at the same place, but one would not let it affect, Mm -hmm. or like the impact would be different. And I think this is exactly what you're talking Mm -hmm. about. It
1: it reminds me, when I was a child, I was extremely shy. So I grew up in a household speaking English. There was no reason for me not to communicate. I was extremely shy. I think it's why I started to play the flute when I was 12, 13, Mm -hmm. and I just grabbed, that was my way of expressing Mm -hmm. I didn't do well in French class. I, you know, when I tried to learn Mandarin, it was really rough. So I applaud anyone learning another language and especially English is really challenging. But the point is there's a moment where I think through the work that I do, when we don't feel safe, when we feel that someone is judging us, someone's not going to like us, it takes us back to a point between zero and seven where we felt maybe unloved or not safe that we call these core wounds and the work that i do is always getting beyond that core wound like and it's not about blaming parents it's it's a natural state the the reason our core wound exists is because we actually want to fill it with understanding who we are which is this divine amazing self that's How I see why we're on the planet when people say, What's my purpose? Your purpose is to really reach your full potential, to know who you are. But when we understand why we might hesitate or feel, you know, self conscious or take things personally, somewhere in our subconscious, it's like, Oh, you're not quite safe. You're not quite safe. My wish for people, my desire for people is that that voice in your head, whatever language is being spoken in your head, you know, Oh, someone's judging you, you're not safe move it out. You know, I do a lot of self-talk to myself where I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'm not doing that today. I'm not going to live worried about what someone thinks. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm going to move that out and I'm going to allow something greater to come through. We just had Gay Hendricks on our podcast, the author of The Big Leap. And one of his teachings that I love so much is, when we start to think something negative about ourselves or someone else, and understand when we think it about someone else, there's, there's a connection to ourself, move it out and just ask this question, I wonder what amazing thought is trying to find its way to me right now. Oh, it's such that. a great reframe. It's such a great reset to understand there's miracles everywhere. You know, I believe everything's a miracle. We have to train our hearts and our eyes and our minds to see and receive the miracles. And so when we're able to be like, oh, all right, so maybe I'm not speaking perfectly, or maybe the person in front of me is not quite understanding what I'm trying to say. I wonder what amazing connection is right there for me when I get rid of that self-doubt, when I don't take it personally, I wonder what's trying to get in.
0: This gives me goosebumps. (laughs) Like So often we we shut the door on opportunities Mm -hmm. yeah, because of the fear of being vulnerable or the fear of making mistakes or, you know, what people are going to think about us. And if you allow that, you being stuck, you making a mistake, like you reframe it as, you know, there is something beyond what's happening here that is, Mm -hmm. you know, waiting for you to discover it. I think... That gives a whole lot of permission that like we can't even explain it in yeah. words. It's just energy, right? And I always say like when you when you communicate, people are not there to look and, you know, find your mistakes and point them out and, and mm-hmm. make fun of you. Unfortunately, the reality shows that it happens, mm-hmm. but it happens so rarely. And we base our entire, you know, beings based on those small Incidents that happen mm-hmm. to other people, right? Or maybe happen to us in other situations, and we shut all those doors. So, I love this, mm-hmm. you know, what you're suggesting here.
1: Here's something really interesting about learning a new language. It triggers, there's something I, I was surprised I'm going to talk about this, but I'm just going to go for it. There's something that we have as human beings, which is a need to be right. Or a need to not be wrong. Again, back to childhood when we all think of those times when, you know, we did something and a parent or a caretaker gave us attention. We're like, "Oh, I need to do more of that." You know, I need to be right. I need to be a good girl or a good boy. And it starts to build. It starts to take on momentum. And then we go to school and we're said, you know, we're told, "Don't sit that way. Don't, you know, run on the playground. Don't t-. like." There's all these don'ts putting us in what I call the right box. It's okay when we're trying to have children be you know, safe and focused, but it begins to diminish the human spirit. Because by the time we get into our teens and our 20s and we're in this, I got to be right. And it's not a conscious thing. Again, it's a subconscious. I have to be right. Otherwise- not going to be loved otherwise i'm not going to be safe again we're not necessarily thinking that it's what's triggering our subconscious from our past so i think this is why i was miserable at languages when i tried to learn them i didn't know these teachings and i'd be like i'm not good enough you know i'm not being right i'm being wrong what's going to happen i remember this anxiety in my body that's why i'm so appreciative And it was one of the reasons I just threw my daughter straight into a Cantonese school. I was like, we're not messing around with you're in Hong Kong, you're going to go straight to Cantonese kindergarten. I so wanted her to learn the languages. And and I love when people dive into this, it really shows courage and expression of heart. And just remember that it's okay not to be right. You can let that go. Yeah, And furthermore, it's like you mentioned, you know, Hadar, sometimes other people will criticize or correct. That's, I would say 99%, it's not about you, it's about them, you know? And so if someone's trying to, especially if someone makes fun or does something hurtful, that's their stuff. And it's best just to be like, well, wow, it's sad that whatever is in that person is not very nice and just like drop it. Other times I think people try to correct because they're trying to help, right? They're trying to Mm -hmm. supposedly control. Just be like, ah, you know what? Like stay in, here's what I'm doing. Here's I do it to the best of my ability, a smile on your face and you will have great connection.
0: I love that. And (laughs) there is so much that I want to pick into. And I want to ask you one more thing. Like Mm -hmm. I think it relates to that. So on one hand, yes, there is this fear, right? Mm -hmm. And- I think it goes back to this idea of reciprocity that what happens when people are afraid of being judged, but also Mm -hmm. become very judgmental of others who are trying because of that, Mm -hmm. right? And first, I think that it's not like it really restricts them because they constantly project what they're thinking about other people that like they feel right. that other people think about themselves. Right. Uh, but it's also about this idea of reciprocity where you kind of like transmit negative energy mm-hmm. for someone else. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you expect positive energy to come back to you?
1: Ooh, so true. There's a really beautiful teaching that says, observation is power. Judgment is weakness. So I like to take judging out of my clients' vocabulary. We use things like assess, discern. I mean, there are levels of judging, you know, you have to judge if like the roads are safe to go out, you know, things like that. But when we judge other people, there's something in us that we, we haven't quite accepted ourselves. And mm. so we tend to judge other people. So again, we go back to feeling right, or we feel like, well, mm. it's a classic human nature, just, I don't know about all over the world, but certainly in the States you go to the grocery store and there are these tabloids, you know, with all the celebrities and yeah. everything that's going on and wrong in their life. And you're kind of like, oh, well, Brad and Angelina can blow up. I'm not so bad. Right, that's a, that's what we do right. really quick. It's like, look at all the money. It's like,
0: how do, where where do I place yeah. myself on like the yeah. scale of misery? Exactly.
1: Yeah. It's like, well, they're going to mess up. Okay, I got I got it. It's it's trying yeah. to be right. You're already right. You don't have to be right. You don't have to be anything than who you are, and and really seek more of your divine nature, whatever that means in any faith. You know, I don't teach a particular religion. I teach philosophy, basically. So it's going back to understanding there's something in the universal laws. There's something called the law of praise. The law of praise is fascinating. It means where we put our energy, our attention, our thoughts, our words grows. So I talk a lot about like the mind garden. You know, there's flowers blooming and there's weeds blooming. And if we don't pluck the weeds, we're going to water all of it right? Water is deductive in nature. It doesn't say, oh, I'm just going to water the roses over here and miss the weeds. It's just going to pour all over everything and everything grows. And so the same with our thoughts and energy. If we're just putting energy on what isn't working, where we feel less than, judging someone else, we end up seeing more of that because our vibe, so to speak, is in resonance with that. Does that make sense? Yeah, But these other universal laws, they are in play as well, even though it's not tangible. And it's amazing when we dial this into language. It's like, even if you don't hear something, the energy is there. And I think for anyone, if we Mm -hmm. brought this back around for someone who's learning English as a second or third language or any language, when you communicate, think what comes out first. Is it the word, is it my intention? Is it my heart? I really vote like lead with your heart and intention and then speak. And you're going to be shocked at how people lean into you. They're going to want to know, oh my gosh, what what's this person have to say? This is so amazing because they feel your essence.
0: Oh, it's so beautiful. And it's so true. And you know, I also work a lot with the voice and, mm. you know, the voice is, The frequencies of your inner being, of your soul, like there's so much there that when you hear someone's voice, you can tell, you know, where they're at and how they're feeling or what parts of themselves they're hiding. And I always talk about the fact that when you speak a second language, there is something that shuts down, like the resonance, you know, the Mm -hmm. sound that comes out here that you can and 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 the resonance of the voice also connects with people because it's it's vibrations, right? It like is. You're talking yes. about like these are vibrations that are noticeable.
1: Yeah. And
0: and what you said about its first love like and intent, intention, right?
1: yeah, intention and, and heart. Really, intention and heart are going to be the same energy. It's like, what's your intention before you start to speak?
0: Yeah. So exactly, I think that will affect your voice first and foremost if you're mm-hmm. really. You know, are there for the other person, for communicating, for expressing yourself fully, also giving yourself that permission to express yourself. And yes, even the confidence in a language is something that you acquire with time. Sure. So when you have that confidence and that energy, I truly believe that the it's so much easier for the words to arrive. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's already there. You've laid the path.
1: Right. Right. For sure. Just like anything, you know, like I said, I was a flutist for years. It was very scary to walk on stage and start playing if I hadn't practiced. So, you know, it's an interesting thing to think about that. You go out in the world and you're wanting, trying to speak another language. But again, you know, the energy behind it, it's just like we used to look at watch musicians. Someone would not be technically as proficient, but they played from the heart and it was so captivating. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you know you have to go out and emote to everyone, but just like that presence of who you are, really knowing who you are. That if something isn't perfect, if you mess up something in any way, at the end of the day, you're this amazing divine self. That's what counts is really getting in touch with that. Yeah, oh, yeah,
0: exactly. Okay. So we talked about the law of praise and we talked mm-hmm. about the law of reciprocity. So you're going to cover the seven universal laws, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so, many laws, right?
0: Can you now make the connection between the few more laws and you know the struggle that we are yes. discussing here?
1: Yes. One of my favorite laws is called the law of polarity. And the law of polarity states that whatever is in existence now. The exact opposite exists. So we know this, like the Mm -hmm. table that I'm sitting at, whether, you know, if it's 30 inches down to the floor, it's 30 inches up. We see this in light and dark, hot and cold. We see it in nature all the time. The law of polarity is an amazing, when you work with it, I use this phrase, work with it, think like it. It means when you're going through something that could be challenging we remember that the exact opposite exists, which means that within a difficult situation, there is a gift. We just have to be willing to look and seek it because the universe is based on duality. So as well, if there's something that you desire and you don't have it, like being able to speak at a certain level you know, of a language, of English or any language, and right now it's not happening, the exact opposite exists. It, it's just we need to move towards it and allow it to come in. Of course, it takes practice and skill and and being out there, but that can happen. So the law of polarity is incredible. Um also the law of forgiveness. Oh this one's so good. You know, I can is, already tell how much,
0: you know, like there's a lot of room for that in, in the work. Oh that my we gosh. Do.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. It, it's truly when we truly forgive self and others and we'll have processes to go through. There's a completeness that settles in. That's when we wake up in the morning like, I'm really excited for the day. I can do this. You know, that's when confidence, remember, a lack of confidence is because somewhere we think we've done something wrong or we're not good enough. And then we beat ourselves up for it. No, we need to forgive and let go. And that really does work through the law of forgiveness.
0: You know, I think that really. I don't know if that relates to the law of forgiveness. Maybe you can kind of like direct me more. But, you know, when we when we are either angry at other people or, mm. or envious at other people, if mm-hmm. we're bringing it to the language, uh, I don't know if forgiveness is the right thing. But like for me, when I feel intimidated yeah. by someone's presence or, you know, if I get really angry because someone wronged me, you know, the initial experiences to have that negative, fierce energy. And and a lot of times what I really try to do is just send them a lot of love, even though I'm angry, even though, you know, mm-hmm. even if they're, you know, doing things that mm-hmm. go against my beliefs, because I think that that helps me be in a better place. Right. And I think that when people, because there's a lot of envy, like language envy, oh, why are they, you know, <laughs> it's great. able to do this and I can't, yeah. and we've started, yeah, so. Ooh,
1: so much there. <laughs> First off, I always say, you know, when we're envious of someone, why do we want to give them our power? Forgiveness is for us. The way I look at it too, it's it's not even for God. Like God, universe, spirit, source, whatever word you use, is all loving, is good all the time. We forgive for ourselves. And because otherwise we're carrying a burden. You know, it's like if someone has a real that phrase, if you have a really horrible enemy and you're just wanting to poison them, it's like you might as well drink the poison yourself. It's going to deplete. Yeah. So it's being able to forgive and release. This doesn't mean that you roll over if someone's doing something wrong or hurting you or illegal, obviously. But there's something really fascinating about the law of mind action. Again, where your thoughts go, you're increasing that. And so we we kind of want to decide our time here is limited. Where do we want to focus? What do we want to attract? And is it really going to be around creating more Events in attracting more people to resent? Or do we want to let that go, like really release it and focus on what are the events we can appreciate? What are the people that we connect with and love and seek that because they're there? You know, we will say praise is the law of increase, complaining is the law of decrease. Mm. It's a good one. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Yeah. I wasn't very far off for connecting no. the law of forgiveness. with holy totally. you know, The law of forgiveness. Yeah.
1: The with other that, thing people you know, yeah. will find is all the laws work interchangeably. That's the really cool thing. Once, you know, when you get into the law of forgiveness, you understand you're using the law of praise as well. You're using the law of thinking, the law of energy. They all come together like these spokes mm-hmm. in a wheel, you know, and the overarching is cause and effect, right? Yeah. Everything, everything has a cause and an effect, And the really beautiful piece of this work is understanding we are the cause for so much that happens, and that can be overwhelming. People are like, no, I didn't ask for this, Mm -hmm. I didn't ask for it. Just kind of take a breath and be like, well, what would happen if you started to ask for what you really want? What would happen if you put out through your thoughts and your words and your heart what it is you really want? You're gonna be shocked at the things and the different opportunities that show up. And when, in terms of language and learning, when you're focused, when you really see yourself, you know what? I'm going to speak this language beautifully. You see yourself. You see yourself like that. You will speak up more. You'll, you'll praise yourself more when it goes well, and you'll try more rather than the image of, oh, it's never going to work. I'm not good enough. Yeah. Those two images are polar opposites. You want to see yourself like, oh, I'm actually doing a great job here. And that will lift your energy and lift your confidence.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of times when I start working with people or when I have my workshops, I ask them, what would you like to achieve? And, you know, I want to be fluent or I want Mm -hmm. to not get stuck. It's still on the surface because ultimately Mm -hmm. what do we want, right? Like what do we want when we want to own a language? It's not just to be fluent. That's not the end goal. The end goal is to reach new places. And I'm not talking geographically, but like, you know, as a human being, it's like fulfill your true self or find your purpose. Yeah, right. And your self worth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, have these opportunities, whether Mm -hmm. it's work or relocation or have that available to you. And, you know, be yourself with other people, because a lot of times people feel like they're compromising their authenticity Mm. and true being because they're not able to express themselves -hmm. So ultimately it is about energy, right? It is about the energy that we put out and we receive from the Mm -hmm. from other people in the universe. So that is one thing. So I always encourage people to really understand what their real why is. You know, it's not just about having more words at your disposal. Right. And the second thing is that. I always try to get them to imagine that impossible goal because, you Mm -hmm. know, you want to create that opportunity or that possibility in your, in your head. And it really takes a lot of practice. And I'm sure you've seen that. And maybe you can give a few suggestions on how to deal with it, that the immediate image that comes to people is like, you know, I just want to be able to speak. And they don't think about, you know, I want to speak in front of like 10,000 people in a big room. That Mm -hmm. doesn't you know that's not even a possibility for them so how would you encourage the people that you work with and and the people mm-hmm. who are going to be in the challenge to really leave those limitations the mental limitations that created right.
1: for themselves it's important because the concept of self is so important you know there's a teaching as you believe yourself to be so you are and why not believe Whatever you're starting out, whether it's a language or a business or a relationship, why not believe that you're successful at it? Success has different ladders or rungs up the ladder. And um, we tend to think it has to be absolutely perfect to be successful. No, it's it's the entry and it's the, you know, dedication, of course, to it. But I always say, you know, have that constant, consistent knowing who you are. Never make yourself wrong. Guilt and shame have to go away. Guilt and shame are useless for human beings. Obviously, if we do something that hurts someone, we make amends, right? But this whole thing of I'm doing something wrong or I'm a bad person, this is not why we're here. We're here to thrive, we're here to be successful. We're here to learn other languages if we have the courage you know, to do so. And to do it with an open heart and to feel excited about it, never make yourself wrong. The other piece I always share about in terms of manifesting, you know, this word manifesting is shaping your reality, creating, attracting what you want. I always look at the, I call it the mind's eye right up here is like a slide. It's a lens. It's a lens of how you see the world. And one of the things my teacher in India at the Vedanta Academy taught me, I think I've been going there for over 13 years, Swami Parchasarati, he said, you know, life is a series of experiences our perception of those experiences create the quality of those experiences and so the quality of the experiences will determine the quality of our life mm-hmm. so if every day we're willing to redirect and lift up the quality of every experience something is a little bit sticky don't take it personally move on every problem has a solution to it that's another law you know if there's a problem there's an unfolding solution And just really see in the lens of your mind's eye who it is you want to be, how you want to show up, and what you want to create. That vision in the mind's eye and the gratitude, gratitude is so important, in the heart really gives it an energy. And I wouldn't be surprised if people just started learning their language faster, if they really saw themselves do it without the doubt, right? Just like, yeah, here I am. Because yeah. when you mess up, it's like, oh, what's the big deal? You know, and you're back, like, yeah. here's what I'm going to do.
0: That is so true. I feel that we need to teach mm-hmm. teachers that introduce the language for the first time. Like, the biggest problem, in my opinion, is that they teach it as if English is binary. Like, there is right And wrong, which is Mm -hmm. so not true because you can, you can, you know, say the same thing in different tenses and different words and different structure. But they teach you that, like, if you do it right, you get the points. If you don't, you lose the (laughs) points. There's no freedom. Mm -hmm. And then there is like this understanding as if mistakes are, you can't make mistakes. Right. And the moment you make someone feel like making a mistake is bad, you've killed their opportunity for fluency because you become fluent when you have the freedom to make mistakes because you learn through those mistakes right. you need to celebrate mistakes and not just in language and everything, everything, you
1: know? everything. Yeah. Otherwise we don't grow, you know, on the other side of mistake is, uh, is a moment of brilliance. I, I always say, look at Steve Jobs and how many iPhones they released before they got it right. And even now how many operating systems come out and there's bugs and hacks Right. Come on. We're we're like a higher operating system than the iPhone. So I think we're allowed to mess up, you <laughs> know, like and just, "Oh, okay, and reset. Life is too short to focus on the mistakes. It just isn't worth it." Again, it's going back to that core wound of needing to be right in the whole thing. I just say right. drop it. Don't go down that like own the courage, you know. It just overwhelms me people that are willing to dive into other languages because I was never really good at it. And I remember my French teacher, you know, in the seventh grade, like, Ooh, you know, there was no way I was going to try because every time I did, I was wrong. <laughs> you know? oh, So God. yeah.
0: What would you tell, like, how would you instruct people or guide people to mm-hmm. deal with trauma? For example, mm-hmm. like if people had that experience as a mm-hmm. child or even as an adult where they felt, ashamed or humiliated because of language or self-expression, how would you help them overcome this?
1: Oh, there's so many ways here. Overarching is the awareness that this is what it is. It, It was a trauma and it was in your past. And it can show up through the subconscious. When we understand the subconscious is trying to protect us, it's trying to keep us familiar. And so when we start to do healing work and when we start to advance and move out of the trauma, the subconscious mind is actually like, wait a minute, you need to come back here because this is what you deal with. This is what you know how to do. And so it's a personal decision to be like, I'm going to step out of the trauma and into healing. And it's safe to do so. I think that is very important to remind ourselves. It's safe to heal. It's safe to heal. Because interestingly enough, the subconscious is saying, no, it isn't. It's safe to stay right where you are. So it's the awareness of that that it was an event it was in the past and now you get to like clean slate every day to really love self appreciate self and move forward. In my YouTube channel I've got some really good meditations. One is a healing meditation, one is how to stop negative thinking. There's something called twin hearts which is you know I'm I'm really big on the energy and the healing of trauma because trauma does stick in your energy body. That's another reason why we can think our way out of it. But when it's in the energy body and the subconscious, it's like we'll get pulled back in and then we don't understand why. Mm-hmm. So it's really having that it's safe for me to heal. It's safe for me to to be different and having that vision. And then if you can, you know, if anybody does really have something that's harming and they can't let go of, look for those meditations because they're really phenomenal.
0: I'm inviting people to explore those meditations because I think that, you know, it's so a shame that there is this perception that yeah. all the spiritual stuff is for certain people and it's mm-hmm. not part of the work that we do. Yet, you know, I know it has helped me incredibly in, you know, how I show up as a creator, mm-hmm. for sure, mm-hmm. understanding more about the universal laws and, and yeah. also including that into my work. So I do it, you know, talk about mindset and I talk about other things, but ultimately it's all about energy. So I do, uh, I do think that there's a lot more room into that. Mm -hmm. So it's great that you've shared.
1: I, I always say to people, again, this isn't about a particular religion. I never tell people, I use the word universe a lot, spirit, God, source, energy. It's to me, it's all, we're spiritual beings having a physical experience. I don't think we can escape that. I don't think, you know, when you're in, and and this is something that might help when you're in mother nature, you see miracles everywhere and you see healing everywhere. You see abundance everywhere. We forget we're part of nature. We're part of nature. And just by being born human, we have this most exquisite talent to, and gift to choose and to love and to have devotion The devotion isn't for God or universe. God doesn't need our devotion. We need to devote. We need to get closer to the source of all things. And and that's another universal law, just to kind of wrap it up. One of the most powerful is the law of supply. Everything comes from the same supply. You know, I remember when the pandemic started and I saw Deepak Chopra, who I just think is so, so cute and amazing. And on Instagram, he's like, know your supply. And I was like, that's it. You know, focus on your supply that gratitude shifts every... And interesting for learning another language, gratitude allows... Just be grateful for yourself. Be grateful yeah. for your amazing teacher here, everyone, because it allows you to get to the next higher thought yeah. and out of the worry thoughts. When we're in gratitude, we can't have gratitude and worry in the same in the same mind, yeah. in the same heart. Yeah. Kizma,
0: you've given us so much. Like I feel I need to watch this in repeat, <laughs> and I hope everyone here does that too. Oh, thank you. Because this has been really, really
1: like, so fun so to be insightful. here. Thank you.
0: Anything else? Like, okay. So again, tell us where we can find you and any final yeah. tip that you I mean, like to share.
1: Website is great. Kismawake.com. K-I-S-M-A-A-W-A-K-E.com. Instagram is a great way to connect with me. I'm on there every day. I just, I encourage everyone you know, it really is. The power is now. Eckhart Tolle wrote that book. I, I saw the title and I was like, yep, that's it. I got it. It is mm-hmm. in the now. And you you get to choose who it is you desire to be. Love yourself. Embody the courage that you have to learn a different language and to do your best at it. And know that the essence that you give out, you're going to attract it back. And I think that's really the piece where we start to either close doors to things, whether it's mindset, emotions, beliefs, and open doors to the miracles, you know, the most amazing thoughts that are trying to make their way in. And live life every moment, you know, every single moment we really do have to uh, seize the day. Oh, so beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm. Kisma, thank you so much. And thank everyone you for having me. we we should do it again. <laughs> Definitely, because I think there is so much more uh, to mm-hmm. unpack. So, Gizma, thank you so much. Thank
1: you for having me. Bye, everyone.
0: Thank you, everyone. Bye.